0: Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Today's Gospel reading is a story that most of us are most likely familiar with. I'm pretty certain there's probably many of us in here that can identify ourselves with the busyness of Martha. We're the doers. And there's certainly a need for the Marthas of the world. Without these people, how would anything ever get done? Can you recall the days of the digital camera they had the ability to focus automatically on an object. But often over time, the automatic focus mechanism began to drift, leaving everything in a blur. Our Christian lives can be like this. For God's direction is first and foremost to focus on him and his kingdom. Yet we get caught up in the busyness of our life, and we too can start to drift. Not intentionally, but things start to become a blur. When we look back at the last two weeks of the gospel readings, we find stories that promote action. They are go and do stories. Jesus sends 72 of his followers to take the gospel to the lost sheep. He tells them, go quickly. It's hasty and it's urgent business. The next story is the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus, in this parable, elevates the value of activism and he goes to radical length to show us how to help people. People you might not even know. One who might even be bleeding to death in a ditch, as we see the victim in the story of the Good Samaritan. These stories are loaded with action and going and doing. Today, it seems we see this in Martha as well. She most likely is slaving away in the kitchen, preparing a meal for Jesus and the guests. And when she goes to look for her sister, she spots her sitting at the feet of Jesus. Can you imagine that? How would you respond if you were sitting at the feet of Jesus? She says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? And Jesus' response, martha martha you are worried and distracted by many things there is only need for one thing looking at the samaritan story you might think that martha would have been praised for her practical service to jesus it was certainly needed yet her action is neither praised nor is it condemned instead it seems she's challenged to consider her priorities. Jesus' words to Martha may be seen maybe as an invitation rather than a rebuke. Think about it. There is need for one thing. The one thing needed is for Martha to receive the gracious presence of the Lord, to listen to him, to know that she is valued not always for what she does or even how she does it, but for who she is as a child of God. Devotion to Jesus is the one thing required. The fruit of this relationship can manifest into loving service. Mary chooses what is best, It's not merely a duty to fulfill, but the fulfillment of life itself. To love God with all your heart, your soul, mind, and your strength. There is no greater blessing than to give oneself to this pursuit. It seems everything else follows from this. Perhaps this is why, in God's sovereignty, this is the first and greatest commandment. This is the foundation. From this place comes service rooted in love that is culminated from our commitment to this command. When we serve out of a distracted, worried, and troubled heart, our service can subtly become anti-service. Distractions can be all too consuming. Often we don't even realize we're distracted. Have you ever been driving and before you know it, you arrive at your destination maybe 30 minutes later and you realize you got there and you can't even recall getting there? Or has anyone ever asked you to do something? And your response is, I'm really sorry, but I'm just too busy. And when they ask you with what, sometimes you can't even say what. Life is full of distractions. C.S. Lewis talks about this in his satire, The Screwtape Letters, and he warns about the devil's tactics to keep us distracted and full of busyness. Of course, his goal is to distract us from time with God because he knows the power that prayer will yield in our lives. Time with God in prayer, journaling, or even just sitting in his presence allows us to experience God in whatever situation comes our way. It doesn't always change the situation. It changes us and how we respond All of a sudden, we have a peace. And that peace is not something we have the power to generate. It's a supernatural peace. My husband and I just moved into a new home. We're really excited, but what a task it is to move. There's weeks worth of preparation. And once you're all in, there's the setting up. All that begins, and you typically, if you're like me, you wanted it done yesterday. One evening, I was standing in the kitchen, and stirring in my spirit, because I had been reflecting on the gospel reading today in preparation for this sermon, I felt the voice saying, Kim, Kim, you are distracted by many things. Choose the one thing. It's amazing how God's word percolates and rises up within you. As you're reading it, often you don't even really understand, even though you're asking the Holy Spirit to show you what is being said. But then you reach a place in your life or a moment, and there it comes. It's like a light bulb goes on. It's real. The word is alive, and it's active. In the midst of my busyness, the demands, the time constraints, boxes in every room, I had gotten caught up in distractions. Of course, the logistics of moving or anything else we do for that matter is a reality of life and these things need to happen. But the reality is the time with God and that needs to be just as intentional As every other practical thing in our life. We're often pulled in many, many directions. Your family, your job, your children, whatever the case may be. It seems to be a common thread of life in our fast-paced world, and yet Jesus in Luke 12 says, can any of you by worrying at a single hour to your lifespan. We know that worrying does no good, and much of what we worry about is not that important in the larger scheme of things, and really none of it in most cases ever comes to fruition, at least not the way we think it will. But even still, We tend to find it challenging to suppress our anxious thoughts and our frantic activity. Most likely, a lot of our busyness stems from noble intentions. But both listening and doing, and receiving God's word, and serving others, they are vital to our Christian life, just as inhaling and exhaling are to breathing. Yet how often do we forget to breathe deeply? Trying to serve without the nourishment of God's word is like expecting good fruit to grow from an uprooted tree. There are things to be done, but maybe some things aren't meant to be left undone. Obligations of love, they're needed. But they can be overwhelming and consuming. Perhaps this is the cross we bear for love, just as our Lord did for us. Jesus tells us. He basically says life is not always a walk in the park. It's not a bed of roses. It can be. And there is certainly a lot of joy. But he says in this life there will be trouble. But he provides a way out. He gives us the ability to cope by sending the power of the Holy Spirit to live in us. In John 14, Jesus says, He will not leave us as orphans. And he prays to the Father to send us the Comforter, and he does. The comforter will guide us, direct us in every situation. The comforter is the helper, the counselor. He's an advocate. He's an encourager. He is love. He allows us to see every situation and every person we encounter through the eyes of Christ. If we ask, because he will deliver, because he is faithful. Take time and devotion, listen to the master, and be led by his spirit. As we spend time with God, with the aim, always in our hearts and on our mind, of loving him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all of our strength, he is priority. The spirit of God fills us, creates in us a deep desire, A deep want and need for him. More of him, friends, is the answer. Read our Bibles. Let the Lord speak to you because he will. The Bible is full of people like you and me. They dealt with the same things we do today. It was simply a different time. A most vivid example of desire for God is King David. He's known as a man of action. He's definitely a goer and a doer. He is a military leader, a nation's king, someone who is busy and I'm sure distracted with the affairs of many matters. He can definitely relate. But the characteristic that he's very known for in the scriptures is he is a man after God's own heart. I believe it was because of the fact that he sought God with all of his heart, first and foremost. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit stirs in us the same desire that spawned David to pen the words known in Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and beheld your power and glory, because your love is better than life. my lips will glorify you. First and foremost, let us keep our eyes on the command our Lord gives us. This is the one thing needed. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.